Hey, look, we've been driving around for hours now. I mean, I do have another job that I have to be at in a few hours, so there's got to be some place I can take you. Take me where? Hello and welcome. Welcome and hello. This is Wait You Haven't Seen, and it's a show where we talk about movies, and specifically a movie at least one of us has never seen before. I'm your host, Travis, a.k.a. TV's Travis. This is episode number 96, and our movie this week was Tyler Perry's Diary of a Mad Black Woman. And coming back to the show to talk to me about it is Reed from the Irrationally Exuberant Podcast. Reed, how you doing? I'm doing good. I think this might be the best idea I ever had. <laughs> yeah, so this was your idea. You came up with this one. Now, you had not seen this movie before, right? No. Because no, I had not either. I hadn't. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I know of Tyler Perry. I know of his movies. This was his first, this was the first, quote, Tyler Perry movie I've ever seen. I've seen him. He had, uh, well, he was Baxter Stockman in the second live action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles um, one recently. The, okay. The, 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 like, CG Turtles one. He yeah. was in that as Baxter, Baxter Stockman. He was fine. He had a cameo in Star Trek back in 2009 because he's a huge Star Trek mm-hmm. fan. But his movies I'd never watched. They just, yeah. it was just something that I'd never seen. So what made you want to watch this one? Oh, you know, I've heard about Tyler Perry. His, he has a, not a good reputation um, in terms of movie quality. Um, really what, as a uh, somebody not paying much attention, what you know is him in an old lady get up. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of reminds me of remember Larry Johnson back in the day? Oh, yeah, Charlotte Hornets, Grandmama, Larry Grandmama Johnson. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's what I always think of. Um, and it also is one of these things that um, seems to exist, it's wildly popular in black America mm-hmm. and does not cross over so much. Um, and those things are extremely interesting to me. Uh, I, you know, I feel like they should be experienced. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think you know, so. like you should watch them with an open mind and, um, just, uh, for cultural reasons. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you on that. So you and I are not the target audience of this, this movie, or as I found out based on a play, I didn't realize that Tyler Perry had started out as a playwright. Um, mm-hmm. so I want to talk a little bit about Tyler Perry first to kind of kick this off before we kind of dive into yeah. the movie itself. But he's kind of fascinating to me because as an actor, the couple of things I've seen him in, he's fine. He's not overly mm-hmm. memorable. Like his cameo in Star Trek was just, I knew the fate, like I knew the name. That was it. Right. Um, if it hadn't been for these movies, I wouldn't have known who he was, but he's fine. His writing, he, so I was reading about the fact that he at one point started writing and wanted to do a play, went to put it on and no one showed up and it just bombed hardcore. So here he is living out of his car in wherever it was. And then someone gave him a chance to try it again a couple of years later. And it, he, he marketed better and it was a hit and kind of the story from there was that he became a big time uh, playwright. He, his plays, he did this character of Medea. And he put her in a bunch of bunch of these plays, and now and this was taking one of those and translating it into a film, mm-hmm. and not only starting as a film career. He didn't direct this, but he did write it. Uh, right. 
but he also has since bought his own studio. Yes. So one cool thing I learned was the the big house in this, the mansion, that's his house. Oh, really? Yeah, they used his, he used his house for that. Since this movie uh, came out a couple years later, he bought this uh, space and it became his own studio. And it's the first um, black majority owned film studio, apparently. Uh, but he he put all the all the stuff that he does, all his films and all his television shows and his sitcoms and everything, they all do there. And there was some quote with him saying, you know, in Hollywood, it takes a week to to do a sitcom episode. I do one a day type of thing. Like yeah. they just crank right. them out and he directs all of them. And he writes all of them. Yeah. Which is he doesn't have a writer's nuts. room. It's just him. That's crazy. He writes and, like, I mean, hundreds of scripts a year. Like it's it's bananas. Uh, I can't I can't imagine writing you know one or two scripts a year. And here he is putting on. I mean, I look through his filmography as a writer. He's got concurrently right now one, two, three, four, five different series that are still running as of uh, up through twenty twenty one. Yeah, like five continuous series going on. That's just nuts, including one of them, House of Pain, who they've done 273 episodes of House of oh Pain. Oh, God. <laughs> that is been, insane. I can't. Oh, insane. man. Insane. But, you know, and and I will say this. I, I think that the writing in this film, you can see some of the talent there. He's got talent. He can write. I mean, you don't put out that much and not have something that's good. There's some ability yeah. there, but it feels unfocused at this point, and it it feels like he he couldn't pick a lane to to put this story into or one kind of coherent story, so it just sort of went everywhere. Um, I mean that if that is the number one thing about this movie that if you're not prepared for it, is shocking. Like from one scene to the next, there's no way to tell what the tone of the next scene is. I know be. I'm looking it's at my impossible notes. Because like, it's like, it's, it's the, it's a, such a like Frankenstein's monster of a movie. Like it's like you go from like straight up drama, mm-hmm. you know, to hard shift to slapstick comedy. Yeah. <laughs> hard shift to crime drama. Oh, I know. <laughs> and then like almost like revenge horror movie goes in there but it's like cutting back and forth between those things just yeah and it gives it, you whiplash it's, it's, it's a little bit wild it it, it really is i mean i had notes where i'm like okay now we've got another subplot like you have so you have the story of helen who gets dumped by her husband is the only way mm-hmm. i can put it he just straight up divorces her apparently out of the blue according to like as far as she's concerned um right and Helen played by Kimberly Elise, uh, who she was fine. Like you could have that role. I feel like could have used a more um, an actor with more presence on screen to make me mm-hmm. believe the angry parts. Yeah, but it, I guess it all depends too on on which scenes you're talking about, whether or not she fit or not. Because the the comedy she didn't really fit in. The drama wasn't terrible, but like the anger part of it, I could, by the end, I could almost get behind her being there, but I still, I wanted somebody with like a, a, a stronger presence, I guess, is what I would have gone with. 
I mean, there are a lot of decisions that I would have made differently. <laughs> Fair. Um, for this thing, um, I I think she was she's a likable screen presence. Oh sure, definitely. no. I think every, I mean, the 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 one thing that is undeniable about this movie and the rest of his movies, because I watched a couple, um, is that he has his 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 acting pool his pool mm-hmm. of actors is great yeah oh they're yeah, good he's... he's got a great deep pool of actors that work with him consistently that are wildly underused in the rest of hollywood and if you have nothing else good to say about tyler perry the fact that it, it's you see like a movie and it's literally there's not a single white person in this movie yeah right like it's it is just you're not used to seeing that but when you think about it, I, I mean, you see countless movies that you don't see a single black person in them. Right. Right? And and it is refreshing. It's a refreshing movie if for no other reason than that it's... Certainly. I mean... Across it, the board black. It makes me think a little bit of like, uh, you know, watching a John Singleton movie. Kind of gives... Especially when you go back and watch like right. Boys in the Hood or something. Where that's a grittier version of it. But this is like trying to give you... I, I would assume, but not given that I've never lived in that situation, a, an idea of what life is like. Um, so I, you know, I, I didn't love the movie, but I found things about it that I did enjoy. Um, I actually like Tyler Perry as Medea and um, Joe, those characters. Oh, I- he works so well when he's doing that caricature, right? That just way over the top. Because yeah. him, he plays three roles in this. He plays Medea, the the grandma, Joe, mm-hmm. her brother, and then Brian, which is her nephew, Joe's son, grandson. Some of the a lot of the family relationships are pretty convoluted and unclear. Yeah. You know, like everybody's. She's a she seems to be an aunt to everybody. You know. Yeah. Um, but uh, like Brian was some people are boring or just in real life too. Mm-hmm. That's a, it's a large family is what it is. Um, yeah. Right. But like the, the character of Brian was boring and I didn't love Tyler Perry in that. Like I felt like his performance there in some of the scenes was a little flat, but then he'd do another scene with Medea and he's just hamming it up and having a great time. And I'm like, see this, this is good. Like I, I like that. So yeah. I don't know. This was the most shocking thing to me about the movie, aside from the tonal shifts, <laughs> is that Medea isn't as... They don't play that it's a man dressed up as a woman for laughs so much, as much no. as I thought. No, and, and you're like, right. It's not, I that's never really that. pointed out. Yeah, and she's, she's much more of a fleshed-out character and much less of a complete joke... Mm-hmm. than I expected her to be. Yeah, she, like, I. It, it, it made me want to see the the DVD recordings of the plays and get some more of that yeah. background and maybe even some of the other Medea, like Medea Goes to Jail or whatever, uh, movies, because it's almost like a, uh, like Jim Varney and his earnest character where he sort of, Varney really became that character and he, it feels right. like Tyler Perry just really dives into Medea and... And she's she's a fully fleshed out character. It's a great way to put it because she's not a caricature. She's not she's not played for laughs so much as I was expecting it. Because I was I was thinking the character was more closely related to like Martin Lawrence's Big Mama, 
than right. yeah, what exactly. she was, which was not that at all. And that was great. I, I really liked that. It was it was very surprising how how good he is as Medea and how quickly you forget that it's him. Mm-hmm. I, it, it, she re- I do understand. I understood almost immediately the why Medea is such a big cultural touch point. Absolutely. Um, because that is a good character. Mm-hmm. He developed a good character and he plays it really well. Like I that I did not expect that. Yeah, I think the only thing at, that gives away that it's Tyler Perry is the fact that Medea's six five. Right. Right, right. Sometimes <laughs> the size thing is is a, a, big, a, a bit dude. of a, a laugh. But there's never any there's just there I thought there was gonna be a lot of winking at the camera. Right. There's yes. no winking. No, it's 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 all played very earnest. It's all done very earnestly, and I appreciate that. Right. That that's what makes me again. I didn't love the movie, but I didn't. I don't. I don't mourn the time I spent watching. I'm not like, why did I sit down and watch this? Like, yeah. It just. I know I'm not the target for it, and also I know, like, for me, it's the scatter shot of the story. It's the tonal shifts that really took me out of things. Um, that's also, though, what kept me in it. That's what I liked about it. it like, uh, so I, I think the closest touch point, the, like the clo- the thing that I know that exists that is closest to this is like an Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. I think in a lot of ways. Some of the ones where he rides the line between um, goofball comedy and just straight drama mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, like a not like a Spanglish, it's goofier than that, but, um, you know, it is like Sandler-esque, I think, um, where this isn't like nobody's going to win an Oscar for cinematography. Nobody is trying to do that. There's no pretense that that is the the aim. Um, It's just like this collection of people together is enjoyable for people to watch, and here's, here's them in some situations. Yeah, I think I, is the the point of it, and I. But the the fact that like you couldn't guess what was going to happen in the next scene kept me interested because I generally get bored at comedies like this because they're so predictable. True, they're so predictable. Like I can call a joke before it it's on the screen, <laughs> and in this case, I don't even know if there's going to be a joke. Right, like this might be a fully straight drama scene. This there might be a, a a man in a wheelchair getting thrown into a <laughs> yeah, <I'll laughs> into a hot tub, and it's not a joke. <laughs> no, you know, it, it, very mean spirited. It gave me a little bit of like um, Robin Williams films in the nineties, um, yeah. Patch Adams, Jack, where it was they were goofy comedies, but then they would have the they would they would have this message they wanted to get across, and so you'd, you'd have those right. really dramatic scenes. It was like if you took that, but then you added in a romance plot and Mm -hmm. the organized crime plot, and you have no regard whatsoever for how long things take or what passage of time is like. Because that was the other thing that really (laughs) threw me off was like, okay, so, and they would reference it. That, I think, is more infuriating because they would say like well it's been we've we've seen each other every night and it's been 4 months it's like it's been 4 months and this guy is still at trial for both your divorce and this criminal case at the same time both of which end on the same day <laughs> um, yeah and then right. like other things like her going back to her husband at the end or towards the end in the third act which i think i even wrote down like what I- what even is this third act going to be because i thought I thought it was going to be some sort of revenge thing, the way that the the 
it started. And then all of a sudden she doesn't go that route, but then she goes and meets up with Orlando and he's like, I haven't talked to you in three weeks. Like, what are you talking to her now for then? I would have not even taken her call yeah, after three right. weeks for her. Like, right. you know, four months in and he's proposing to her out of nowhere. Uh, it's like, did they never talk about her, her past? I don't know. Is time was so weird in this movie. Time is weird. Yes. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of stuff where you're like, I don't know how, I mean, even in like, uh, some of the, um, well, the one, I guess, montage sequence, mm-hmm. you're like, I'm not clear on what this montage is trying to tell me <laughs> yeah. one. And I'm not clear on what span of time this montage is, is going over. It could be any, it could be one day. It could be a year. I really don't know. Yeah, and I think that was the one where it ended up being like a four months gap, yeah, of some kind. So basically, their divorce took six months to finalize in court, and then they had thirty days from that point because everything that happens with him after he gets shot in the courtroom is supposed to be, I believe, thirty days because he said something. the The judge says something to the effect of like, the paperwork has to be signed thirty days from now. So he, but, but he learns how to walk again in that amount of time from a spinal (laughs) injury. So, well, okay. I mean, he doesn't exactly learn. I mean, he learns to a point and then, um, the miracle of song. Oh, right. That's right. I forgot. Gets him across the finish line. There was the miracle in there. I forgot. (laughs) Meanwhile, and running concurrently with that, you have the junkie gets clean from whatever, she was doing, I assume heroin. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Something which like, was a, something another like that. subplot that I'm like, does this need to be in here? Can, how many no. more, like we don't need another character with a tragic backstory crammed into this movie at this point. <laughs> and yeah. they were going to hammer that one home. Uh, like you could have split those off the Brian character and his daughter and his wife and all of that being friends of Helen and related could have been its own story in its own movie and i would have liked that better than trying right. to cram it in here because now it, it just feels like a dead fish lying there it's like well yeah it's there but it's not doing anything it's not helping the story like and that's i think at the end of the day what my my one thing about like main thing about this is there's a there's no like total complete story here there's a lot of little threads that get tugged on but no one overarching thing that really drew me in because it's hard for me to accept the third act bit where she, um, kind of forgives, uh, Charles played by Steve Harris, her, her, her husband, the whole forgiveness thing. I'm like, he doesn't deserve any forgiveness at all. He's a horrible person for the first hour and a half of this movie. Just awful. I mean, cartoonishly horrible. Yeah. Just, I mean, yeah, to th- right. like, he's cheating on his wife. She has no idea. He has kids with his mistress that she doesn't yes, know about. And not their family, not infants. That kid was probably what? Seven or eight years old. <laughs> yeah, they were. They like, were they've been around a while. These weren't small kids. Wife has no right. idea about that. And then he's like, oh, yeah. And by the way, we're getting divorced and I've already gotten rid of all of your stuff. And I'm going to physically drag you from the home we share. Yes. Like, oh, man, it's just. I, uh, it was. And yeah, he, he's yeah, he's a bad guy. 
Well, and then um, it takes her four months before she finally corners him to get her revenge. And it takes until yeah. he's shot in the spine and in a wheelchair. And then she, she <laughs> takes her revenge on him. Right, but, and the revenge just doesn't last very long. No, it's like a night. Or it's not clear. I mean, she she throws him in the She thing. throws him in the tub. She throws him in the hot tub. She makes him poop himself. Oh, yeah. it's first. First she first she leaves him alone in that room in his wheelchair so he can't go anywhere and then he, right. he has to like go to the bathroom on himself and then to clean him off, she throws him in the hot tub. Ah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've watched two more Tyler Perry movies since I watched this movie, mm-hmm. so um, I'm having some time. It's it's a little hard to uh, <laughs> get a separate which what happened and which one. I will say this is the most restrained <laughs> of them. Um, also, can I say she walks into the room at that point and she's you know doing the whole oh you smell thing, but yeah. earlier in the movie she's having a date and dancing with a guy who works twelve hour shifts in a factory doing metal work talking about how good he smells no he doesn't he doesn't smell good at that point he's got 12 hours of aluminum dust and grime on him i don't know that man looked like he might have a nice natural musk (laughs) true (laughs) although i will ask i have to ask you this cornrows were those real or do you think that was a hairpiece i can't tell i'm terrible at telling that i I, I, just there are situations where it looked weird right like um, the, the hairline on the front of his head just didn't look like, and maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Uh, Shamar Moore no, is who played Orlando. And I've yep. never seen him with cornrows since then. So I don't know. But I, that was something that drew my attention. I'm like, I wonder if those are real or not. God, it seems like it'd be really hard to fake cornrows. You would think. But I, I don't know. It's hard, to, it's hard to, for me to tell anymore. The, the work on makeup and hair has gotten so much better. In I, yeah, I really. I mean, even in situations where people are talking about like how bad a wig is in a certain thing, which happens occasionally, mm-hmm. I'm like, I didn't, I didn't notice until somebody pointed it out to me. I'm just not really focused on um, hair so much. Yeah, um, for the most part. But yeah, I can, I can see him. I can see Orlando having a nice natural musk, but I'm sorry. Like that line, I was just like, he doesn't smell good. Come on. No. I've worked in a factory. I know what I smelled like. I could smell myself when I would leave work. (laughs) Yeah, right. I mean, even if you smell good, that shirt you're wearing is not going to. (laughs) No. Plus, that was great. How out of place did they look in that bar, too? Chandra's. It's this nice jazz bar. He's wearing his Mm -hmm. his grubby work clothes, and she's dressed like a waitress. It was wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Just so they could go have a nice you know, salmon yeah. dinner. I think he, <laughs> salmon dinner, right? Uh, you know, I think he's a regular though, so they're just like you know, let's just let's. That's let's Orlando. Him. Let him let him do his thing. Orlando, he's a romantic. Boy, is he ever! Jeez, he's a romantic. He is really. He can look past some red flags. <laughs> that guy. And boy, were there a lot of them. Um, there were a lot. Yeah. He uh, uh, he saw he saw the the diamond in the rough. Uh, he did that's for sure. He did, and he didn't give up. <laughs> Although, no. again, in the writing, one of the things that bugged me was he felt a little bit manipulative in parts. Um, sure. So, I, and that's something that I'm noticing more uh, in the last couple of years when I watch movies. Like, ooh, that maybe that's not a great way for people to interact. You know, so. Right. I, I'm more right. cognizant of that as I've gotten older, I guess is what I would say. Yeah. I mean, it, it, 
almost every movie that's not uh, a, a considered character study um, has points that only exist because two people didn't say something to each other that they oh, would obviously yeah. say to each other in real life. Yeah. You know? Um, a lack of communication drives like 80% of plots. This is so true. I, just, I don't think that's u- unique to this in any way. Um, so, yeah, so we talked about Tyler Perry, Shamar Moore. Uh, Tamara Taylor was Deborah, and I recognize her from um, Serenity, the movie, and then Bones. It was mm, weird seeing yeah. her playing this kind of strung out junkie because this would have been right around right. the time that she was in Serenity. And sure, I mean, it's been so long since I've seen Serenity. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Um, oh, two other two actors that I found I noticed in bit parts, and actually before knowing that this movie was shot in Atlanta, I could have told you that, and it's only because of these two little parts. Christina, who was the um, housekeeper for Charles. Um, she's in okay. one scene uh, when when Helen comes home and finds all her stuff is in boxes. Oh right! And she's talking to yeah. Christina, the little Asian woman. Uh huh. Um, she's a, an actor named Vicky Eng. And then the guard, the security guard, who uh, has like two seconds of screen time as the car as Medea flies past him, I recognize his face, and his name is Bart Hansard. I know both of them because they were regular bit part players on uh, Alton Brown's Good Eats show, which I'm obsessed with and I've watched every episode of. So when, when she showed up on screen, I was like, I know her. And then later on, they show the guard, and I, ba- I paused it, and I backed it up. I'm like, that that was, yep, all right, this must have been shot in Atlanta because they're both from All there. right, yeah. So, I didn't catch that. Well, I mean, when, when you've seen every episode of that show like three times, like I have, sure. uh, yeah. you, you tend to recognize them after a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, uh, I I have a tough time saying this isn't a good movie because objectively from a storytelling standpoint, there that part of me is like, no, this isn't good. It's it's all over the place and it's crazy. But I had a fun time with it. I really enjoyed myself. Now, you've I watched really more did. of his stuff, so. Yeah, so, I mean, this one I, I, I really enjoyed. I mean, part of it was the novelty of the thing and like i said the the just shifts in tone really kept me interested uh, i mean it just i'd like not knowing what's gonna happen next um in a in a real true way where like mm-hmm. um this doesn't even make sense that this would happen next so there's no way anybody could predict it <laughs> um i, I kind of like that sometimes um so i watched uh medea's like the funeral one medea okay. family funeral Mm-hmm. Um, also very, very enjoyable. That's the last one. I tr- I watched the first and the oh, last one. Okay. Um, very enjoyable, much more comedy based, um, more Medea focused, mm-hmm. um, but still I think good, not good, but you know, enjoyable I, and, and probably better structurally than, um, diary. Okay. Um, and then I watched just last night, I watched, um, Medea's like happy one big happy family I think it's called okay um that wasn't good (laughs) it was very not enjoy I I turned it off many times Mm. and then kept going back um but it is three times the subplots of um diary and they're all unpleasant like they're all 
centered around very, very unpleasant people doing horrible things and everybody's treating each other in just awful, awful ways. Um, and I don't like watching that kind of thing. Um, yeah, that's that's rough. Yeah, it was just a lot. And uh, by the end, it, I guess it was fine. But um, yeah, that was a rough one. I didn't enjoy myself with that. But the other two... Though I recognize that uh, in comparison to a good movie, a good, quote-unquote, actually good movie, these aren't good. Um, they were fun to watch in a way that I don't usually have fun watching movies. Yeah. Like, I'm not okay. the kind of person that watches movies all that often just for kicks, mm-hmm. you know, just because I'm bored or whatever. I'd read a book before I do that. Sure. Um, and I usually get annoyed. I'm usually annoyed um, with comedies more than I laugh at them, especially new ones. Um, and comedy's so tough because it's it's so subjective in general. And then on top yeah. of that, like you're saying, if they're predictable and a lot of a lot of current com- like Adam Sandler films is a great example. Most of the jokes in a lot of his movies are going to be pretty predictable. You're going to see them coming from a mile off. You know, yeah, it, I right. know a lot of the comedies I really enjoy. I saw when I was younger. And I hadn't yeah. been exposed to as much yet, so they felt fresh. Um, right. And that's why I love comedies by people like Edgar Wright or somebody who tries to look at things in a different way or comes at comedy from, you know, and satire especially from a from a place of, I love this thing, but it's ridiculous, I'm going to make fun of that. Um, I think sometimes yeah. lowbrow comedy or, or going at the low-hanging fruit type comedy is, are popular and usually aren't very good. Um, this does a little bit of that, but also not in the comedy scenes. So um, it's, it's hard to say. Uh, I kind of, I, I, Oh, go ahead. Oh, it's yeah. I'm agreeing. It's hard to judge um, because it's so outside of what other movies are. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have the same goals as as a regular movie. It just has a different. It's trying to do something different. It's preachy on purpose. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of moral stuff to say. That is, I mean, it, it's very Christian based. Yeah, but it's also more complicated than you would think it it was. Um, there's there's Medea herself is she's very christian she's very uh god into god Mm -hmm. um but also is a complicated character in that she won't go to church yeah well she will once they get a smoking section once they get a smoking section right (laughs) that was a pretty good line that was good that That made me laugh um so yeah it's hard to judge it's hard to judge it it is uh i almost think i would have I would have liked this more if it had been the kind of straight comedy or um, it's like the, the romance subplot. I get what they were going for in that. And you sort of need that journey for her if she's getting kicked out of the house, Mm -hmm. but it felt weird because it felt disjointed. Like she gets kicked. Helen is kicked out of the house, has nowhere to go, ends up at Medea's house um, who takes her in right away. So, so much for being alienated from the whole family. That's never talked about again. But yeah. um, even her mom, who was put in a nursing home, is 
perfectly accepting of her uh, and not upset at all. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, you expect that to be a much more dramatic yeah, I, scene when they meet, and then she's just like, okay, hey, it's good yeah. to see you. Um, but then, you know, there's like this whole middle section of the movie that sort of hints like, oh, don't forget about Charles. He's still in this movie. Um, right. But we're not going to talk about him, and instead we're going to have this budding romance happen with Orlando, who's sort of forcing it, but also kind of letting her come to him, uh, which was... Again, a little weird, but okay. And then it's like, oh, yeah, don't you remember that whole thing at the beginning of the movie? Now we're going to pay all that off. Yeah. Now she's going to actually be the mad woman that we, we said she was. So, yeah, right. it's just this disjointed, I, weird, like... It's so, it's so disjointed. And the voiceover is is uh, <laughs> very in and out. Yeah, um, inconsistent. Not consistent. Yeah, yeah, that he doesn't use the framing device that he sets up. Um, in any kind of consistent way. It's not like a straight diary mm-hmm. like they kind of started off to be. Um, well, they, they started it, it, off it to be... It comes in when it's convenient. Yeah, because they started off to be kind of like a diary, and then there's the whole scene of the date that is structured like that. I mean, she's mm-hmm. pre- she's literally narrating what's happening on screen. Right. But then that doesn't really happen again for the rest of the movie, and it hadn't happened for 40 minutes prior to that. So it's like, okay... Yeah. Um, I mean, I like, I like when a movie has consistent internal logic and this didn't. And that's, I think what threw me more than anything, like the tonal shifts are crazy and to an extent they kind of bug me, but it's more so because it's sort of the opposite of like, yes, it's cool to not know what's coming next and be surprised by what's coming next. But I'm also just getting into, okay, that's what this movie's going to be. And now, nope. It's not that anymore. It's not a romance. We're back yeah. to comedy. So right. um, that kind of throws me off. But it, it's the the lack of an internal logic. And the whole time thing is, I think, what really probably bugged me more than anything. Because I'm like, all right, so how much time has gone by? Oh, okay, three weeks. All right. Well, now I know what that's going on. Why is this conversation even happening then? Because this should have happened two and a half weeks ago. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I went into this movie. I tried to go in with a pretty... Um, intentional mindset of like i'm not gonna watch this in the same way i'm Mm -hmm. watching this to understand why it's so popular yes i'm not i'm not watching this with a critical eye i'm trying to just um understand why people like this and i do i do understand that oh 100 i totally get why this is popular and by the way Popular is an understatement. This movie was made for five and a half million dollars, of which Tyler Perry reportedly put up half by himself to get this movie made. So five and a half million dollars. It made over 50 million at the box office in 2005, which doesn't sound like a huge success. But given the budget and given the the more narrow scope of uh, of the the fan base for this. Because really, you don't. If you don't know who Tyler Perry is, why are you going to go watch a movie that's called Tyler Perry's Diary of a Mad Black Woman? But right. if you're a fan of that, you're going to go and see it, and that's phenomenal. I mean, ten times its budget back in in the first movie, and we've seen where Tyler Perry's gone from there. I mean, the guy's got uh, his writing credits, fifty some writing credits, and fifty something director's credits, and that's just including series and things like that. So yeah. I, there's a debate to be had. Um, Spike Lee famously um, doesn't like Tyler Perry at mm-hmm. all. Um, yep. He thinks he's not. He thinks he's 
perpetuating negative stereotypes. Um, he thinks it's got too much of like a minstrel uh, tone about it. Um, I understand what he's saying. But I do think it's more considered than yeah, that. I don't like I get what Spike Lee is saying, but Spike Lee is also one to want to disrupt, right? He wants to Right. Yeah. His movies have more of a I'm going to put you in an uncomfortable position to tell yeah. you what I want to tell you. And Tyler Perry I'm, has more of a I'm gonna tell you that I might I might touch on that uncomfortable thing, but I'm gonna do it in a way that's more approachable. Is how right. it kind of feels to me. Yeah, I mean, Spike Lee is an artist. There's yeah, no very doubt much about so. it. He is. Uh, he's. Uh, he's. Uh, he makes. He doesn't always succeed. He doesn't always make good movies. Um, but he is always making art, mm-hmm. and I respect the hell out of the guy. And Absolutely. do the right thing is one of the greatest movies that's ever been been made. Um, one of the most. Um, important movies. I think uh, it really. I mean, I mean, no movie uh, that I've ever seen has confronted me in the in the way that that movie has. Um, so he gets to feel which whatever way he wants to about oh, sure. it, and I do think he's right in a way, but he's not a hundred percent right. He's yeah. looking at it through the wrong lens. I feel like maybe could be yeah because I think Tyler Perry. It, it feels like he wants to entertain people first. And yeah. Spike Lee is an artist trying to uh, trying to get across a message first. So right. both have merit. Well, I, I, I do feel like Spike Lee probably has to fight every time he wants to make a movie. He has That's to true. Like, he has, it's, it's difficult for him mm-hmm. um, because they, his movies don't make a ton of money. They get like critics love them and nobody sees them. Yeah. Um. So I'm, I'm sure there's some resentfulness there that uh, Tyler Perry is uh, so huge, but um, nobody nobody handed this to Tyler Perry either. Um, no, he, he definitely earned it. He is the hard he's the hardest working man in show business. I think um, anybody could agree on that. It's yeah. amazing. I mean, he that really is amazing. Yeah, and and to have. To go, like, it's a true rags to riches story for Tyler Perry. Yeah. To go from living out of your yeah. car with a failed play as basically all you had to now he he can control and do what he wants to do at his own studio whenever he feels like. That's yeah, that's an amazing story. Uh, and I give him full credit for that. And it, it watching this and exposing myself to it now makes me want to check out a few of the more, a few of the other ones. I'll probably avoid the the one you said wasn't very good, at least at first. Mm-hmm. But it looks like because um, what was it? The funeral was 2019, so he definitely um, honed his craft a little bit better over the years. He he said that's the last Medea movie. Okay. Um, and there's nothing about that movie that would make you think that's the case. Um, but I did enjoy it. Um. Well, and anytime I you also have... oh, go ahead. Oh, I also watched some of the plays. Yeah. Um, because I was curious, and they're on YouTube, some of them. Mm-hmm. Those are extremely interesting. Um, I mean, it's just the movies. It's just the movies acted out on a stage. But what I think is fascinating about them is that they exist, like the movies, so outside of what is expected in a play, mm-hmm. in a theater. Okay. Um, they 
are very populist, obviously. Um, I feel like theater only exists in as serious theater, musical theater, and children's theater. Like those are the only those that, are the only categories, right? That seems and to be he, right. Yeah, and he is not children's theater. That's for sure. But mm-hmm. it is so far from serious, serious artistic theater. Um, it just exists in a whole other universe. I, I, I admire it because it's so approachable. So like somebody that's not there to be challenged with high art, somebody that's just there to be entertained. Um, it's very unique. I like that though. And, and that's part of what makes me want, because once I found out that he got started as a playwright and this was based on a play, some of the things in it made more sense to me because it does Mm -hmm. feel very much like a stage play that's just translated into a movie. Would you say that the 29, the, the family funeral or whatever felt more like a movie from the beginning, or does it still have that same tone, that same kind of feel to it? Still exact same tone. Okay. It's just a little more focused. So and, and, and just more centered around Medea. Everything revolves around her. Where uh, Diary of a Mad Black Woman, Medea is a very much not a central character. Yes. Which also I mean, she surprised me show, a little but, bit because yeah. I expected that was more a central character just based on the fact that all the other movies I'd seen were Medea goes to jail, boo, a Medea Halloween, whatever right. it was. I assumed that yeah. this was just the first in that line, but that that would sort of be like uh, if Ernest goes to camp, but Ernest was just a minor side side character, and it really right. focused on someone else. Yeah, I keep going back to making that uh, that comparison. No, that works of, though. It that sort of feels work. right because it's really Tyler Perry has this character of Medea. He can do more. Jim Varney did a lot more than Ernest, but. That's right. 90% of people will, won't know the name Jim Varney, but you say Ernest, they know right away. So, yeah. Um, I, I really want to see the, I want to see boo. I'm kind of curious that, about that, that one. That's the one that I'm real curious about. I don't, I, I, I would not know what to expect. Was, um, was the character of Joe in the latest one? Yeah. Was he? Okay. He, he yep, cracked he, me up. He's... That, that character, to me, was pretty funny. I mean, Medea's great because she's like, first thing you see is her busting the door open with a with a gun in somebody's face. Like, Medea doesn't take right. any prisoners, which was which did make the courtroom scene really funny with her, where she realizes she knows the judge, and the judge is just like, you're back here again? Yeah. <laughs> like, I want to know that backstory, because what's been going on? What has she gotten herself into? Like... I don't know. Yeah, it, maybe maybe he's gonna start doing prequels or something like there you that. Go. Find I don't, get a younger like, Medea. Young, young, young Medea. Medea. <laughs> <laughs> I'd um, check one of those out. Maybe, maybe only one, and maybe only once. But I would, I would check that out at this point. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I I don't. I mean, the last the one I watched last night. It's hard to explain how unpleasant I found it. Um. There are just moral aspects to it. Like, he wrote... All of the female characters in this movie are so reprehensible. This um, is in the one you watched last night? Yes, okay. in uh, Happy Family. Okay. Um, 
it was gross. It was pretty gross. And there's a little bit of Medea um, hits a kid, and that seems to be exactly what he needed. You know what mm, I mean? Yeah. Um, a little like sometimes kids need to get hit kind of message in it um, that I don't think that I don't agree with. That's that no. sometimes can be a tough one too. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it's funny because you talk about writing reprehensible characters, and there was a couple of them in this. Uh, Charles and mm. the woman that took o- that had Charles' babies who's in like yeah. two scenes because her first instinct when it's like, Oh, he may never walk again. Ah, let him die. Right. Like she doesn't want to do any resuscitate. Like, yeah. Like, and, and Charles himself is just, I, I wrote myself a note. I'm like, there is no way that, uh, that this apology is earned in any way whatsoever. <laughs> no, because he was just the worst person. I, I, I think my, my third yeah. note is like, okay, so Charles is a dick. Got it. We're going to hammer that point home and just over and over. Then he has the line at one point where he says, I tried to be nice. It's like, no, you didn't. You didn't try to be nice at all. Right. Right. But I mean, when she finally does, when she does at the end, when they're around the table, um, all having dinner to wrap things up and she's just like, Hey, I'm going to go get that other guy. Now we're getting a divorce. (laughs) That was pretty, you know, I mean that, that was like, well, thank God, because I was really at that point. I was like, "She is just going to end up with this dude." That I is so wild. Too. I thought that's where they were going to go with that, and just Orlando was never going to be mentioned again. And I'm like, "Oh no, don't do that." Just gone. Yeah, just disappeared. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at that point, like, it wouldn't be. It's not totally out of the question that he would end the movie that way. No, like not that. At all. There's like some kind of like divorce is wrong message mm-hmm. that he's trying to get across. Um. I'm glad that, that that didn't end up being the case. Um, yeah, but it was. Uh, well, I mean, just to leave the table like that was pretty pretty. Prior to that was the scene something. in the church with uh, Charles getting up and walking again, and that it's whole crazy miracle scene, thing, which is a that crazy, is a crazy scene. scene. Like everything you... <laughs> about that scene is bonkers. I mean, from the the little girl finally gets to sing in the choir that she's been wanting mm-hmm. to do the whole movie. Uh, Brian lets her yep. do that. And then you've got uh, Charles getting up and walking, and then the the mom just showing up out of nowhere, um, just bust through the door, <laughs> singing already, Maybe already singing. Knew right where to be in the song too. Um, boy, I wish I yeah. could do that. Like that felt like such a, <laughs> that felt like it came from yet another different movie, like the musical that this the that was the musical part. So we've got right this this movie has it's got a slapstick comedy. It has a romance. It has a revenge mm-hmm. story. It has a, uh, a finding yourself story. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has uh, a musical. Yeah. So there's at least right. five different movies in here. Oh, and there's a, like, uh, I mean, for one scene when he meets that uh, drug dealer in the warehouse. Oh, yeah. The crime drama. Like, is this going to yeah. be like a crime procedural all of a sudden? Um, yeah, that but that's never... literally like one scene of that. Well, and that whole thing is set up just so he can get shot in the courtroom by the guy after he loses his case. Yeah, right. Right. You know, because they, they never really go into like the whole, well, I ran dope for you and, and made your money for you type of thing. Like they mention that and then yeah. nothing again. Plus, too, uh, when like the whole thing when she takes him back home after his surgery. So Helen takes Charles back to the house and he's in his uh, wheelchair and they're looking over some paperwork or something. 
the next scene, she talks about the fact that the girlfriend left and took all his money. And yeah. like, how, how does that work? How at all? <laughs> I, when the wife no, couldn't nothing. do it, she, as right. his wife couldn't have taken any of the money, but the girlfriend who's not even, uh, has no legal standing whatsoever. Just, just cleaned him out for everything. So it, it's weird. Cause Charles ends up getting kind of what he deserves, which is to have nothing, but yet he's in a good place when the movie ends. I don't know. It's so weird. Yeah. He's, he's humbled. True. Um, yes, he is completely, humbled. and it, it, it's to, it's apparently just totally redeemed him um, as a human being. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, so the, <laughs> this this movie and the other movies that I watched of his, they could use four more drafts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's really the problem with them. Like this is this would would have been a passable rough draft for a movie. I, I can get behind that. And again, like I said, you can see there's parts of it where you're like, okay, this guy's got some talent to write. Yeah. He, he can, he can write. He didn't direct, but he goes on to direct most of the stuff that he does now. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah. like, yeah, but it needs a little refinement. It needs to trim some of the fat, right? Slim it down right. and then take the stuff that works and focus on that. And it just felt like it was, I mean, to coin a phrase, it it, it was the, the script equivalent of 10 pounds of shit in a five pound bag. Like it was just too much tried to pack into yeah, one thing. Right. But on the other hand, if you refine it, then it's just another movie too. So I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm to, to make it good, it would need refining, but I'm sort of glad it, it exists in well, the way that it does because it's right. fascinating. Because if you try to make it good, then you change what it is and you, you take that Tyler Perry-ness out of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I wouldn't want to do that. I'm glad this is a thing in the world. I think is what it comes down to. It really, I'm glad I, I'm now familiar with it. Yeah, it feels like it feels like being in a club of some sort that I wasn't <laughs> in before. Well, you know, well, for me, what's interesting is I used to see you know the posters for whatever Medea movie was coming out that year, yeah, or I'd see ads for it or something, and it never appealed to me to even think about watching that. Right. No. And now I kind of have this like, well, now that I've dipped my toe in that water, I might be interested to at least check it out. If I saw it, you know, on scrolling through Netflix and they happen to have them all or something, something like that. Whereas before I would just skip right past it without a second thought. I at least now I'm going to pause and be like, maybe we'll see what craziness is in this one. What does Medea get herself into? Yeah. I mean, I would really love to see a new Medea movie like on opening night in a theater. Boy, that would be an experience. Um, I, really think that is probably the way to experience this in like a community setting um that i don't think is ever going to happen Um, probably not unfortunately yeah yeah because of the way the world is and because i live in fargo north dakota yep and uh many reasons um but i do think that would be an exciting way to see one of these movies sure absolutely um and, you know, it's a bummer that he's not going to make any more Medea movies, uh, or so he says anyway, mm-hmm. but... Um, yeah, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. He'll... My guess, there'll be a couple of years, and then he'll he'll probably go back to the well and at least have Medea show up in something. Right. No, I mean, I, I recommend watching it, honestly. I think it's worth your time. Uh, it was... I watched it on Amazon Prime. I think it was like three ninety nine to rent or something. 
Yeah. If, if you just want to shut your brain off and watch something different, go for it. Because I think you get something out of it for sure. And there, there's a whole universe of movies out there that revolve that exists because of this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's uh, a million movies made by Tyler Perry himself, but if you search Tyler Perry on Amazon Prime, you're going to get dozens of other movies that look exactly like a Tyler Perry movie, but aren't m- made by Tyler Perry. Right. Um, yeah. So it's, a, I think, a culturally important touch touchstone. Um and yeah, it, watch the first one. It's entertaining. I mean, it's so I was so entertained. It uh, wasn't what I expected at all, which is a good thing. Like, and I went into it same as you. I want. I went. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go an open mind because nine times out of ten, I like a movie that I watch anyway. And partway through yeah. this, I was like, I don't know if I like this or not. And by the end of it, I was like, okay, no, I get it. I get, I get why this is so popular, and I get why people enjoy it and I can enjoy it for that and not look at it through the critical eye. Cause if I do, if I look at it through the critical eye, I'm just, my brain's going to fold in on itself. Oh my, yeah. If you watch it as a, yeah. If you try to watch it as a critic, I mean, I read like Roger Ebert's review of it mm-hmm. and it was like, man, you're going to kill yourself trying <laughs> to, uh, trying to rate this in a, in a, in the way you usually do because every, there's a flaw at every turn. Mm-hmm. Um, a major flaw, a, a continuity error or whatever. Um, I mean, he has, Tyler Perry has movies. I watched a few videos about this, but where, you know, you'll see a boom mic every once in a while, or, I mean, they're just, they're major errors. He's making these on the cheap. He's doing them quick. And I think that's the thing is it's dirty. not even so much the cheap. It's the, it's the speed that he puts stuff out. Yeah. Right. Like he doesn't, he doesn't waste any time. He doesn't have long shooting schedules, and he's putting stuff out. I mean, this movie's 15 years old. As yeah. the first Medea movie to be 15 years old, and that character is probably in, what, 15 movies at this point? So so many movies. It's, it's crazy. So Yeah. You know, but hey, I mean, the man has made a hell of a career for himself, too. To have that house is fan- phenomenal, and I think he bought it for like seven <laughs> and a half very million wealthy. dollars. He's a very, like, very rich man. Yes, he has made um, himself I, I, some I, money. I do respect him. Um, just, I mean, if nothing for nothing else than just work ethic, mm-hmm. uh, bananas, and that he just made this thing ha- happen through sheer force of will is yep. impressive. Oh, you gotta absolutely. Applaud that. Um, yeah, I yeah I don't I don't have I, I don't have as many bad things to say about it as I thought I I thought I was gonna laugh my way through it like oh my god this is a joke and I did not do that and that was a pleasant surprise. Hundred percent, I agree with you. I I when I finished watching the movie, thought oh this is gonna be the most negative review for me. And the more I mm-hmm. thought about it, the more I realized no, it's not like I actually had a decent time with the movie. And it's right. not the, ne- again, you got to look at it with the right eyes too. Like you've got to, you've got to see it for what it is, which is it's going to entertain you. Plus yeah. I, I, like, I'll just watch now. I'll watch Tyler Perry's Medea anytime. Cause that, that character's fun. She's just, <laughs> she fun. don't, she, she does it not take, fun. I love I'm, I'm probably scene. being something of like a hypocrite because I would not give an Adam Sandler movie, probably the same amount of slack. Um, but uh, I, 
I w- wouldn't watch an Adam Sandler, a new Adam Sandler movie, probably on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was watching this with a, a reason. Yeah, I mean, I don't think in my free time I would have watched this on my own. I wouldn't probably, have thought to watch but, it on my own. Like I can, yeah. I can wholeheartedly say that. Um, but I've been thinking about it a lot ever since I, I first watched it, and I cannot say that about many movies. Yeah. That's that's actually a great testament to the movie, is how much yeah. you think about it afterwards. So, yeah, right, I'm with you on that. Um, I mean, yeah, it's been bouncing around in my head <laughs> nonstop <laughs> ever since I watched it, and that was a while ago now. Um, so yeah, it, it does. It does. It's just a very odd movie. It just defies all logic, yeah. and. Um, and it shouldn't work at all. Like it, it really it shouldn't, shouldn't work. Shouldn't work, but somehow it does, and it hit that right audience at the right time, and it just blew yeah. up. Yeah, it, it it really should be more grating than it turns out to be. And I do think that's a big testament to the actors that he has that are in the movies. They're all very pleasant to be around. They're pleasant to have on your screen. Yeah, even um, if they're playing reprehensible characters. Like Steve, right, right. Uh, They're all doing a good job. Yes. Uh, what's his name? Um, Steve Harris as Charles. Like, I, his character is awful, but I like the actor. I've seen him in a few other yeah. things, so it's yeah. What else has he been in? I couldn't even most, put my finger on it. The most notable was he had a small part in The Rock. Oh, okay. Which you probably, if sure. you've seen The Rock, you'd remember him because he had like a couple of, a couple of scenes where he's like front and center as one of the Marines. Um, oh, okay. And then he was on the practice for a number of years. Um, hmm. but Yeah, he's good. He's a good actor. Yeah, he really is. I mean, even though the character didn't earn the apology, the apo- that scene was really well acted. It's yeah, just, at the same right. time, I'm just like, no, you you, you don't get this, sir. So. <laughs> I know. Yeah, right. It's written poorly, but acted well. Yes. Um, That's a good way to put pretty, it. Which is pretty, probably says even more for his acting abilities that he... <laughs> um, it's, it's, yeah, redeemed. It's, it's definitely a first time effort from a young writer and a young director, right? Cause this is yeah. Perry's first uh, film that he really wrote. Um, mm-hmm. And then it's uh, Darren Grant who directed it. It was his first film, his feature yeah. film debut, which, you know, he's gone on to do a, a few things. Um, and it's still, you know, he's got 60 directing credits now. A lot of TV work. Holy. Yeah. You know, episode of Empire, an episode of Suits, that kind of stuff. But. Hey, yeah. gets work. That's that's what you want. Right. Music videos, too. He did a lot of music videos. Um, hmm. That's actually where he got his start. So That makes well, sense. So, Reed, let people know where they can find your uh, your stuff. Because I know you've got... Are you still doing the, the metal show? Or has that gone on hiatus? No, no. That, that's... I mean, I would like to bring it back someday, but I just don't have time for it. So that well, is... Not with both. Not with now two kids. Two kids. You, you right. have one. You have twice as many kids as the last time you were here. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, a five a five year old and a you almost one year old now. Um, it's been it's been busy. Um, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> but yeah, the irrationally exuberant is the show. I've got an episode coming out. Uh, well, you know, tomorrow. But when you, I don't know when you put this out. Um, well, it, going by when this will go live, two days ago. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Two days ago, uh, about Klaus Nomi, um, one of my favorite musicians, um, just a weird new wave underground 
semi Bowie adjacent kind of guy. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at exuberant pod at on Instagram at irrationally exuberant podcast. And the website is the irrationally exuberant. Very cool. Well, we have now, we have done a pretty wide gamut of films in your two appearances here with Close Encounters <laughs> yeah, of the Third right. Kind Thank and you. Diary of a Mad Black Woman. Like we're really. Yeah. I mean, you got Spielberg who is the, the epitome of a craftsman. Yep. I mean, it doesn't get more crafty <laughs> yeah. than yep. Spielberg. And uh, yeah, Tyler Perry, who is, uh, does, isn't that. <laughs> right. So we've we've hit both ends of the spectrum, which is fun. And and that mm-hmm. that's a big part of kind of this show is like seeing something new too. You know, you brought this yeah. one up as saying, Hey, do you want to watch a Tyler Perry movie? And I was like, That's a cool idea because I've never watched him before. <laughs> right. Why not? I know. So yeah. yeah. So thank you. Thank you for bringing this one up and for being on the show. This was great fun. We'll do it again. Thank you for having me. It's always, always fun. Very cool. Well, next yeah. week uh, I've got. Uh, oh, let me check. I believe next week's show is. Um, oh, what did I have? Ah, Watership Down. I'm going to discuss with Phil Rudd. Ooh. Um, Ooh. I'm looking forward to that. An- I've never the animated thing. Yeah, I've I've only seen parts of it, and the parts that I've mm. seen scarred me. So I'm really curious to check this one out. It's an upsetting movie. I, I have yeah. heard that. I've mm-hmm. heard that. So uh, so that'll be next week. Um, Watership Down. And uh, we're coming up on episode 100 of this show. So uh, wow. stay tuned for that. I've got something fun in store and, uh, and something that comes off of my great list of shame in film. But I'm going to uh, – we'll tease that. <laughs> you, you'll find out about that in the coming weeks. Uh, this show records live on Sundays – Typically 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, twitch.tv slash TV's Travis, and then comes out as a podcast every Wednesday. So uh, if you want to check that out and be part of the chat room while we record live, uh, come join. And I also do on that same channel uh, my Monday show where, or my my other show we record on Mondays called Let's Watch Highlander, where we're going through episode by episode of Highlander the series. That's been a fun trip. Uh, We just started season two. And it's actually where the show starts getting really enjoyable because um, they bring in some some new characters and new mythos that I enjoyed when I watched it uh, when I was younger. So, and then occasionally I do play video games on there too. Um, most notably, old adventure games. Uh, I just finished up one that was a Cthulhu Lovecraftian thing called Canarium that was really confusing and weird. And I have no idea what I'm playing next. But uh, but yeah, so that's that's what's on Twitch. Um, and uh, if you enjoy this show wait you haven't seen if you can go on to uh your podcast kind of directory of choice and give us a review that helps the show be more searchable um and and helps me to just get out to to more ears so if you do like the the film discussions that i do uh i would really really appreciate that but until next week and watership down reed thank you again uh it was a ton of fun and i definitely will we'll have to talk about uh Maybe not another Medea movie, but we'll find something else to uh, to branch out. We're going another weird direction. Yeah, right. Very cool. Well, until then, uh, everybody enjoy your movies. And look, the world's really weird right now, so be excellent to each other.
Ken J put his foot down and got chopped off. Now shut the hell up and go back to sleep. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>